This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I'm interviewing an amazing woman that I've connected with through my work. Her name is Bonnie, and she's a mindset and fitness coach. And we technically met through Instagram after we met through work, but when I started following her, I just really love her energy and I love what she's about. And even when I found her Instagram and it said, turning sad bitches to bad bitches, I knew that I wanted to connect with her and invite her onto my podcast channel to share her story. So Bonnie, welcome to the channel. Super excited to have you here. And I would love if you can just share a little bit about yourself and then we're just going to dive into a conversation together. Sweet. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I love uh, being able to connect with other women and just help empower other women. That's what it's all about. So yeah, I am a single mom of two. I recently just started my business in 2020 and it was perfect timing because immediately after I created the online fitness coaching business a month later, all the gym shut down. So definitely let me know that I was moving in the right direction and I had nothing to be afraid of. This last year has been literally me walking in alignment and trusting my gut and trusting my intuition and breaking past all of the limiting beliefs that I've had about myself growing up. And so, as you mentioned, my my tagline, like my, my catchphrase is I, I help women go from sad bitches to savages or bad bitches because I was a sad bitch. I, I lived in a very uh, victim mentality, a victim state where uh, everything happened to me, not for me. Everything, you know, and I, and I have gone through a lot of trauma, sure, but you don't have to stay there. And so that is the premise of my coaching, my mindset coaching, my fitness coaching is empowering women to move from the victim statehood into the being a victor of their situation. So that's, uh, that's what we got going on over here. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love that you, you were saying, you know, either to bad bitches or savages and just like victim to victor like that. You know what I mean? I love how it's just such a just changing a few letters of the word literally but if you look at the impact that actually makes in your life is like ginormous so that Mm -hmm. is so cool I'm so excited so I would love for you to share because obviously when I like when I connected with you I'm like oh she does personal training and mindset coaching and whatnot let's kind of dive into that how did you get into you know mindset coaching and fitness and I don't know you probably don't know this about me but I used to do personal training as well and it Mm -hmm. was through personal training that I discovered the power of mindset because I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, the clients that are successful are the ones that have an incredible mindset. Like they believe in themselves, they're able to be consistent. It's behavioral. Like it's not just about having the perfect program. So I can totally relate to you on that, but I would love if you could share your story of how you got into that. Yeah. Okay. So basically I had, like most people, most millennials, I got my degree and did not get hired in that field and was stuck waiting tables. And at this point, I had been waiting tables for 15 years. And it was, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I made great money. I supported my kids. Like, I made great money and did not have to work a lot. But 
when you know that you have a higher purpose and you know that you're meant to do no more, it doesn't matter what field you're in, you're going to feel like you were not satisfied. And it was literally like eating me alive inside and I could feel my soul dying every single day. Like I'm supposed to be helping people because I went to school for ministry. So I'm like, I'm supposed to be helping change people's lives. Um, I know that I can speak and I can teach and I can, I don't know what to do with this stuff if I'm not a minister. And I was just, I was so like bitter and then also burnt out from being a single mom, from getting my degree, and, and the sleepless nights, the three hours of sleep that I was getting for years while trying to work and all this other stuff. And when it didn't pan out the way that I thought it should, like that was the icing on the cake. Like I snapped. I had went from like, okay, this is going to work. You know, when you're working towards a dream and that was my dream. And I was dealing, when it didn't come to fruition, I had to grieve the death of that dream. And I didn't know that's what was happening, but that's was, and I melt, I had a meltdown. Um, I used to be a youth leader at churches, well, a church, and I had hundreds of students that like I was mom to. And when I melted down, I closed everyone off. I cut off my church family for all kinds of other reasons. Like there's a lot of stuff going on here in America that made me distance myself as well. But everything just hit me, literally all of that, not getting hired in the church, me looking and taking a step back. Like, do I even really want to work in a church with people that don't believe that my son's life matters? There were so many things, like everything was hitting me at once. And I just, I had a meltdown and I went into a dark hole where this woman that used to be a powerful woman of God and like a future pastor couldn't even show her face. Like I didn't want to come out of the house unless I was just going to work. Um, I had for my own personal choice, given up drinking for the most part and smoking because I wanted to lead by example. And I went like balls deep back into all of that. Like I was drinking in the middle of the day. Uh, also, I was homeschooling my youngest son at the time because I had just found out he had ADHD. So I didn't get my dream job after working for years. Uh, Black Lives Matter is happening all over the U.S. I just found out my son had gotten left back and he's a giant. I don't know if you see my kid. He was huge. And I was like, I'm not going to make my kid get held back. And he's already that big. I was like, I'll homeschool him. So I'm working a serving job. I'm working a sales job at Hilton. I'm homeschooling during the day and I'm not sleeping. And I hate myself because I feel like a failure. And I remember every day I'd be driving home from my sales job that I was not good at because I, who wants to sell timeshares? And so um, I would drive home every day, like in tears, crying, like I'm a failure, God. Like I didn't make it as a pastor, which everyone told me I was meant to be this and it didn't work out. Um, I'm failing as a mom. All I can do is wait tables. And, and I know I can do more than that, but I'm not getting an, an opportunity to, to do it. And and, I, and now I'm supposed to be homeschooling this kid who I have no patience for. I'm not a teacher. And so it was just too much. And it was, I, I, I remember the day that I snapped and in the middle of homeschooling my son, I stormed out the door and went to go get a six pack and, and grabbed a pack of black and mild cigars. I hadn't smoked in years. And I picked that junk back up. And it was almost like I had to make up for lost time. How much I started smoking and drinking again and damaging my body and just numbing myself. I spent like two years glued to my phone on stupid games on my phone. That's all I did. Like I'd go to work, I'd come home, I'd make sure my kids had their food and I would just stay on my phone smoking and drinking and just not just numbing. And the entire time I'm looking back, I knew I could feel it in my soul. I was like, you know that you're supposed to be doing something else, Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie. And I was just, I was like, nope, like I can't do anything else. The world told me like, nope, all I can do is wait tables. So I just, I decided to settle. And that settling broke, like my spirit was already broken. But when I made the decision, like, I, I guess this is what it is that like a piece of me died and, and I let her die and I just stayed there. And 
I don't know exactly when it happened, but somewhere along the line, I was like, this is not it, Bonnie. This is not it. You know good and well that all of the experiences that you went through, you know good and well all of the trauma, everything that you went through is for a purpose and there's nothing wrong with waiting tables, but that is not your purpose. So I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I had tried the gym thing so many times over the years, nothing wrong with like in-person training, but I, I didn't click well with not one, but two trainers. And every time it didn't work out with them, I'd quit going to the gym for like a year, hoping that when I went back, they wouldn't be there. So I, I think I was just looking for a win because I couldn't, I was like, I'm failing as a homeschool parent. I'm failing as a sales rep. Um, I'm, I'm just failing at life and I need, I need a win. And so I just started working out again. And I didn't quit drinking or smoking. I just started working out. I didn't try to be perfect. Like most people, I got to get my life together. People used to do that in church and people do that with fitness. I got to get my life together before I keep, no, just start. And so I just started and like a godsend, one of the trainers there looked at me and she's like, Hey, you got all these sessions you paid for. Are you going to use them? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't like trainers. She's like, I got you. And she took me under her wing. And the way that she coached me was not like any other coach had, like she knew I was going through struggles and then, like I used to show up hungover to my other coaches uh sessions and I'd come there and they'd be like oh man that's gonna get in the way of your gains and as a weight loss client I was like the fuck does that mean my gains like I don't want to gain I want to lose so they weren't even talking to me on my level I didn't like we didn't connect when I would go in there hungover with her she'd be like are you okay like is everything like she'd talk to me like that's a red flag of client coming in still drunk like what so she would talk to me about my life and there'd be days that I'd be in there crying because I was still very much depressed. And she'd be like, do you want to do this workout today or do you need another day? And, and some days she'd let me go and not make me feel bad. And some days I'd be like, no, coach, I need this. And her just being there with me reminded me of who I was before as a youth mentor, like just doing life with people and meeting them where they are and not setting these expectations that they're not ready to meet yet um, and not making them feel bad. And she was patient with me but she also pushed me um and then as she saw me develop she kept raising the bar just a little bit like okay bonnie you've gotten this you can do this okay bonnie now you did this and on my own i decided i didn't want to be drinking as much because now i did care about games now i did care about my body again i started to care and slowly but surely because she gave me those wins that i was not getting in my personal life in the gym i started to believe in myself again and I looked and I was like, wow, I lost 50 pounds, 50 pounds. What? I was like, I can do anything. And literally like the light bulb came on and through that weight loss journey, I started, I was like, I can, I can fucking do this. I can, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may not be a pastor, but like, I love to talk and I love to teach. And, 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 and it was just like the ball started rolling. So then you know how the, the internet is they They were on to me. They're like, Oh, you're into fitness. Huh? Huh? You're into fitness. And then the NASM was like, Hey, you want to become a personal trainer? And I was like, I don't know about that yet. So I looked into health coaching. Well, actually I looked into life coaching because I was like, if I can't be a pastor, I can certainly help people with their life another way. I have, I have degrees and I have plenty of life experience. So I started looking into that, but I, my limiting belief was, well, you're just a waitress. Like who's going to listen to you, tell them what to do with their life. And, and, and the main goal, I, I started off with, where do I want to be? And I was like, I want to be a motivational speaker. So I started researching. And I was like, who, what kind of people become speakers? Who, why would I be invited to speak somewhere? Someone that's an expert in, in their category or in their field. Someone that is um, 
an expert, a coach, an author. And I'm like, well, I definitely want to be an author. I know that. And I was like, and a coach, I was like, okay. And then that's how life coaching, I looked into that. But, and then I started with health coaching, which turned into life coaching certifications. And then the internet was like, oh, you're into health and all this. Why don't you become a personal trainer? And I was super fit at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then I was like, this is your way out of serving. I was like, you may not be a life coach, like right away, bringing in clients, but if you can start personal training and helping people change lives that way, you'll be a coach. And then after you're like, and I was like, oh my gosh. So it really just started out with me being crystal clear about where I wanted to be in my life. I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And instead of, I'm going to go from waiting tables to speaking on stages, how can I get there? So then I started breaking down the steps. Okay, if I'm a speaker, I need to be an expert in a field. In order to be an expert in a field, I need to have been doing something for years. And then that's how I started out. I was able to leave restaurants by becoming a personal trainer, which for me was the biggest one of all. So it was 15 years of my life. I had been waiting tables and didn't think that I'd ever be able to do anything else. And so that was my biggest one. And once I did that, it was just everything just started to come into alignment. Like I did that and then... So yeah, that's, that's how we got here. Oh my gosh. When you were, when you were really sharing, you know, at the, at the rock bottom there, and just before you started coming out and getting into the fitness and you had tears rolling down your face, I was legit sitting here. I'm like, I'm going to cry. I'm actually going to cry. Like at the, that, that was so moving, Bonnie, like you're, you're an incredible speaker, honestly. And just your story. I'm really excited about this, this conversation right now. Oh. Yes, honestly. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. So I, I love this so much. So then how long have you been doing the online training and like I like your presence and everything online? Like what are the what are the, the different services and that that you offer? So I started training before I got certified. Like as soon as I got into shape, people were reaching out to me because that's how that works. They're like, what did you do? What did you do? So I started training my friends. I knew that like personal training was not going to be the end all. It was like more of a, a step. Um but I also knew my, my coach was training me through through some kind of app and I looked at it and I was like, well, if I can, I was like, hmm, if I can just give people like their workouts um, that and I don't have to be in person with them. I didn't even like connect the dots about online coaching. I just would have people that I trained in person and then send them the rest of their workouts through the app. And I was like, if I could do this. <laughs> so, but I didn't start like my Instagram page um, for my fitness First of all, I was afraid to make my body by bonds page. Like, you know, I was afraid to come out and say that I was a, um, that I was not just a surfer anymore. So I, I had, I, I was doing it. I made two pages instead of talking about it on my personal page and just kind of transitioning to fitness coach. I made a whole separate page and kind of tried to, you know, I was very ashamed to show up. Um, I was afraid of what people would say, obviously, um, imposter syndrome, because I hadn't been coaching for years. I had literally gotten certified. And six months later, it was like, I'm going to make a, you know, I'm going to start doing this. And um, I'm, I'm a mama too. I had C-section. And even at my leanest, my belly, I still have loose skin. And so there was this, a lot of like, well, dang, all these other trainers, like they, they don't have stretch marks like me. Um, they don't have loose skin like me. So then I went through a long period of where I was doing the strategic poses and making sure that like, you couldn't see my belly or um, spending hours like on a post trying to edit it and like trying to just make it look like I was the perfect online trainer, like all the other girls on there. And it took me not that long actually, but it took me about six months to realize like, you're not them. 
your story is unique. Your story is why people are going to come to you. Like those girls look great. They look perfect. They're not trying to talk to the same people. They're trying to talk to people that look and relate with them. There's a whole world of women out there who would relate with me way more than staring at those women and comparing themselves like I had been doing. Now, if I'm a leader in the industry and I'm comparing myself to other people, how much more are they? And I'm not sure when it was um, probably like late last, last fall when I finally was like, man, fuck this. And I started posting pictures of my stretch marks of me at the beach or me just being confident. And like, like my business took, like I was doing pretty decent, but business took off when I finally was like, this is who I am. I'm not the perfect trainer. I am not like, I do not preach the whole like, uh, perfect body. Like I'm going to teach you how to get in shape and feel good and feel confident. If you want to work towards super specific physique goals, let's do it. But I'm here for you to get to go, get what I got, which is empowerment through fitness, empowerment through doing stuff that is hard that I didn't think I could do. So, um, long answer to that. I've been online <laughs> for like maybe a year and a half. Oh my gosh. No, I, no, no, no. I think it's so good. I love it when you go, when you go into the details and that, because you just shared a really, really important message of the power of authenticity. And it's, it really does show up online. I mean, we're all, we all at some point have used filters and edited things and taken a really long time to post something because we need to work through the narrative that's going on in our head that's holding us back from sharing. And we've all been there and it, it all comes down to acceptance obviously wanting to be accepted by others but the reality is you know we will mirror things in life and so when we can show that we've accepted ourselves then ultimately that shows others how to you know accept us and also for them to learn how to accept themselves and i've had so many conversations with entrepreneurs where they've said you know my business really took off when i started showing up and showing up being this umbrella term of giving up my self-limiting beliefs, showing, you know, myself without filters and just showing up messy, showing up and sharing the wins and the losses and just being confident and really owning what it is that I'm creating. Like that is ultimately, that's what people want to see, you know, yeah. it's just all about the shiny bells and whistles and there's nothing wrong with the shiny bells and whistles. But like when you see the process, then people can relate to that. Cause you're like, Oh, you didn't just wake up overnight and then it was all good you've been mm -hmm. doing this for years and like yeah. there's a process to this because that's a, that's the flaw with the internet it makes it look like everything happened in two seconds mm -hmm. that's the worst part is from from an entrepreneurial perspective like that i think that's one of the hardest or even from weight loss clients perspectives because business and weight loss always go hand in hand because they're both journeys and so i love how i can take the stuff that i'm teaching my personal weight loss clients and apply it to the um, other online coaches who I'm also helping them with their mindset as well so that they can get there. But we all have this mindset. Like, we'll look at someone who's been coaching, who may have won multiple fitness competitions, who's been in the game for years, who has a reputation in the community, and they're making like insane amounts of money. And you're like, and they're super successful. They're super confident. Their content looks perfect. Everything's perfect. And you, who just started, just got certified yesterday, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're brand seeking new to this and, and you're trying to keep up with them like it's that's not how that works like put one foot in front of the other one step at a time and it's the same thing with weight loss i have clients who are like well so and so lost 30 pounds in three months and how come i've been going for six months and i haven't lost anything i was like well one every, you guys have different backgrounds oh my gosh i want to share this real quick that, that yes, just made me think yes. 
one of my um, former students, he was one of my uh, church kids. He was terrible. Um, he used to fight all the time, always in the bathroom with girls. He was a hot mess. And now he's like on his way to be a millionaire at 25. Um, he's a financial consultant. If you guys are into like trying to come up with, trying to understand financial literacy and whatnot, you can follow him. David and I do FaceTimes and he helps me with my business because he's so much further along than me. And sometimes I would sit, like we have FaceTimes where he'd tell me about how good his business is doing. And then he'd ask me about mine and I just break down in tears because he just like had a 10K month and I was barely making, what was it? I don't remember that month. I think I was like at barely hitting four and I was so embarrassed and like struggling and he's just making money easily. He calls me back because I had to get off the phone. It was so bad. I was like, I'm so sorry. I just can't do this right now. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. But like, and then I went and had a little pity party, which is fine. You're allowed to have a pity party. It just can't be long. He calls me back and he's like, Bonnie, let me explain to you. He's like, you need to stop comparing yourself to me. I know you're older than me. He's like, but you're also a single mom and you've been raising two whole lives while I've just been, he's like, I went to the military and have been set. Like I have money. I am comfortable. So like, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you're right. He is, he's from Columbia. He, he actually just moved to Columbia. Like he's doing so good. <laughs> and he said, Bonnie, my parents moved to America as immigrants and they didn't speak any English and they were entrepreneurs and they didn't know enough English to do their transactions. And as a child, I had to do the sales transactions for them. So I have been selling since I'm six years old. He's like, you have struggled with sales. That was like one of the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was me trying to sell timeshares and feeling like a failure. He's like, that's something that you've been struggling with your whole life. That is something I've been succeeding at my whole life. You can't compare your business to my business. And I was like, thank you so much for that. Cause I had, I was like, this kid, this kid who I used to have to pick up from fights and save him from the police, this kid is like just crushing it. And I'm over here struggling. And he's like, this is, he's like, I have been, I had a bit different background, different, different, there's, we're on different playing fields. And you guys have to remember that. Like when you're looking at people on social media, or if you're looking at me, or if you're looking at anybody else, like, how people ask me, someone messaged me the other day, like, where do you get these words from? How are you so powerful? I want, how come I can't show up like that? I'm like, you don't want to live the, I'm like, do you want to live the life that I lived? Do you know how many tears I've cried? How many nights I sat in my room, like saying, God, please just let, let or on the way home, driving home, like, God, please just let a semi-truck hit me. I have life insurance. The kids would be better off with that money than me as a sorry parent. Do you want to go through like the years of abuse and trauma? I'm like, that's where it came from. Like this passion came from pain. And I always tell people like pain is unbearable when it doesn't have a purpose. But I always knew in the back of my head during my suffering that my pain has a purpose because I'm going to make it through and I'm going to show other women that they can't. So when people are like, oh, how come I can't speak like you? I'm like, you probably didn't have the same experiences as me. And I also went to school to train to be a pastor. I got to learn how to talk doing that. So, and as far as comparison goes, guys, you don't know what someone went through to see what the final product. You don't know what it took for them to be packaged and polished looking the way they do now. Such an important message that you just shared and something really powerful that you said is just pain having a purpose. And I think that, you know, and even what you said earlier, like it's good to have a pity party, just not a long one. And that's yeah. really important, right? Because if we just continue to choose our pain, especially if it's something that's happened in the past and it's not ongoing and we just kind of choose to sit there and just not do anything and pity party the whole time, then you don't get to discover your voice. You don't right. get to talk you don't get to talk about it because it's still happening. 
right? Yeah. Having a voice is because you've gone through it. There's something to share. That and was think, so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from. That was a divine download into this conversation. But seriously, like that's what I'm hearing from your sharing is that you'd been through so much and you got out of that pity party and you picked yourself up, you started going to the gym, you put one foot in front of the other and that is how you got your voice, right? And it's not that it's not that somebody like just so the listeners know, it's not that somebody who has gone through a lot, they're the, they're the only type of people that are going to have a voice. Everyone does have a voice because everyone has their own life. And, yes. And the thing is just because somebody if you quote compare just because somebody's gone through a lot of trauma and so on and somebody else maybe you have been more privileged in your life doesn't mean that you're less than it's just you're going to have a different story like everyone's going to have a different story and that's that's literally where the power is is in the differences of the stories that we share mm -hmm. so i just really wanted to like i was like listening to you like i'm like soaking everything up in our conversation right now and i just really wanted to hone in on those points because it's you know, even myself in the last seven years, going through a lot of personal development and discovering myself, getting my voice and being able to show up and speak has been from doing my own work. And that's what mm -hmm. you did, right? It's doing your own work, mm -hmm. discovering yourself on a level that you've never known yourself on before and yeah. just not, and choosing not to stay where you were at. And just, again, one foot in front of the other, like keeping it really simple. And I think that's, that's really where the power is. That's where our voice comes from. So I, I love everything that you just shared about that. That is so real. Like I, I, I was just thinking about how, like, I have a lot of women that watch me and some of them do like, feel like they start comparing like, oh, well, I haven't been through as much. So like, why should I cry? I'm like, no, 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 that's not how that works. I was like, that is not how that works. I was like, there's some woman out there who looks at my life like, what are you crying about? Everyone's pain is their pain, okay? Like, I would never want someone to look at my life. I want it to be inspiration. I don't want it to be like, oh, well, dang, I'm not that strong if she could go through that. Like, everyone's, everyone's life is different. Everyone processes pain differently. And no matter what, what is hard for you, it's just like lifting weights, I swear. So a guy can like 15 pounds to a guy he can, or a girl, they may be curling it like it's nothing. And then you, you're like, you may pick it up and it's the hardest thing ever because that's you, that's where you're at. So please don't ever compare like your pain either. Like, oh, well, yeah, never that. Don't, don't beat yourself up like that, ladies. There's, there's a really good quote that a friend of mine said to me once, and I always share this. And she said, just because someone else is sitting beside you in a hospital in a full-on body cast does not make your broken leg hurt any less. Yes. There we go. That was good. Thank you. You just, yes, that was beautifully packaged. Love yeah. that. Yes. And it, it's so true. Right. And here's the thing is that let's say, let's say, you know, you're in this journey of processing your pain or you're in the thick of the shit and it's like, it's, it's a really sneaky subconscious thing to compare yourself to others and be like, oh, you know, woe is me. And then it keeps you in there. Right. But it's when, it's when you really value yourself and your journey and you choose to move through that, that that's how you, you get out of it. Right. Otherwise mm -hmm. you just stay there and it's, it, it's familiar and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy to the ego to be justified. And like, this is what we've been doing and so on. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my that God. is such a, oh my gosh, that, like, I would love if we could have found upon that because the self-fulfilling and the story that you tell yourself, that is why I was stuck for so long. I'm trying to think of a specific example, but oh, 
<laughs> I didn't realize that I was telling myself this sad ass story. And I've talked about this on my podcast before where I was the struggling single mom and like, yes, I was superwoman, but like also low key, I'm the struggling single mom. So like I'm looking back and I'm a little embarrassed at how I, I really just, I expected, I expected pity. And I don't, I didn't, I don't think at the time I realized that as, as, as even though I was like a pillar of faith in the community and everyone looked at me like, how does she do it? At the same time, like I still expected people to like pity me or feel sorry for me or admire me. I'm not sure, but I didn't realize that that mindset was the reason why I was still stuck in that chapter of my life, because that was the story I was telling myself is you're a struggling single mom server. That is all I heard in my head every day. Like you're, you're single mom, you're struggling, you're just a server. And, and, and now that I do mindset work with people, I always teach them like, this is a story that you've been telling yourself. It's been on repeat or it's the background music in your head, however you want to look at that. And you got to change the record. You got to change the album. And we don't want to because believe it or not, it does benefit us. And that was a tough pill for me to swallow. So I'm like, how the hell do I get benefited from being a struggling single mom who thought no man would want me because I have two kids from two different men. And it's not even like I could try to be slick and say they weren't because one of my kids is Puerto Rican and one of them is darker than me. I just, I, I'm, I, I had to deal with what benefit did I get from that? And it was, you know, people looking at me like, poor Bonnie, she's been through so much. So if she's late everywhere, that was a, that was like a limiting belief in something I had to bring. She's late everywhere. It's because she has two kids. Oh, well, she can't, and she can't. And then I also, this was a tough pill to swallow. By me being that person, people did take care of me. Like me and my son, I remember we were going on a mission trip one year and I got a check for like half of our missions trip. And I'm not saying I did this to get money. Like that wasn't my intention, but subconsciously, this is how I benefited from that sad story. If I went somewhere and I was not showing up as, I have a, I have a one cool thing church taught me that I did not have because I grew up with a crazy upbringing was doing things of the spirit of excellence. I used to always half-ass stuff, but there, it was a really big church and a really like, like perfect marketing and everything. They taught me how to do, if you're going to do something, do it well. And so I, I was not there yet. And so being the struggling single mom, if I didn't do stuff to their level, instead of making myself feel bad, like, dang, man, instead of dealing with the fact that I half-assed stuff, I could be like, well, I'm a struggle single mom. So that was like my excuse for everything. I can make my rent this month. Oh my God, because I'm a struggle. No, I, I, I made good money. I made poor choices with my money. Using that story allowed me to stay in that story. Using that story allowed me to stay stuck. Oh my gosh, I have to borrow rent from my mom or from the church. No, you don't. You need to not be drinking or you need to not be celebrating. You need to be saving money. Like I just was not good with money. That's a whole podcast in itself. My relationship with money and my money mindset was completely fucked. And I made so much money looking back and I'm like, where the hell did it go? so I just I, I didn't pay attention to things and and as I tell my clients now you can't fix what you won't face I would never check my bank account it, I would just get the messages that I'm overdrafted $400 call the bank can you guys help me on one more time like you know like this this was the life this it was a cycle always getting the lights cut off always uh late on rent never always overdrafting and I'm like the moment that I realized I'm like it doesn't have to be this way you do know that, right, Bonnie? <laughs> so that story, that self-fulfilling prophecy, like when you said that, I was like, girl, that was, 
whoo, such a big part of why I could not move forward in life. And nobody wants to admit that because no one wants to, that was hard for me to admit that I was benefiting from my sad ass story. Oh yeah. And you know what? You're, no matter what, your story will support you. Oh. So what story are you telling? Yes. Right? Yeah. So just to kind of branch off of the stories being a self-fulfilling prophecy and just everything, the gold that you just shared, the absolute evidence that your story will support you. So your story of being, you know, a sad single mom and not being good with money that supported you in getting whatever it is that you got in that context. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you have a story about being a badass bitch and like being really fucking good with money and being a wicked entrepreneur and being abundant, guess what? Your story will support you. Your story will support you. You cannot, there's, and I struggled with this as an entrepreneur as well. Um, and just in personal development and you guys all will, I don't ever want anyone thinking that like we are, we've arrived because we have not. And there are always, there will always be another level of growth. But one thing that has been painfully clear to me is that you will never be able to consistently perform in a way that is inconsistent with how you view yourself. So what I mean by that is, I, it was very hard, when I first started working with business coaches, some of them would tell me like, oh, you're going to hit a 10K month, Bonnie. I had literally just started my business the, and I was bad with money. So the idea that I was going to hit $10,000 sounded, you might as well have told me I was going to be a millionaire. Like that's how far-fetched it sounded. Um, by the way, I am going to be a millionaire, but like, that's how far-fetched it sounded to me. And like, I could not see myself doing that. I've spoken, I had had like discovery calls with so many people I followed on Instagram who are entrepreneurs, especially during COVID. A lot of people are really opening up and like just trying to help each other out. And one of the dudes talked to me and he's like, what would you like to make a month? And I was like, I'd be happy with $5,000 a month. And he's like, why so little? And I'm like, cause it's, and I had to stop. I was like, in my head, I'm like, rude, that's good. And there's, again, if you're at that level where that's where you're making, that is good for you. That is good for where you're at. But at that, where I was, I could not fathom making more than that because it was around, that was like right below where I was waiting tables. So I was like, if I could do that in my business, then that, like, I'd be happy. But that stuck with me for about almost like the entire first year that I was in business. All of 2020, my brain was like, can I really make $5,000 a month? Can I really? And because I did not believe it, I self-sabotaged. I would show up unprepared for sales calls. Instead of watching sales trainings and trying to figure out how to fix or how to strengthen my pitch, I would stay out and drink and have fun and be like, I'm an entrepreneur now, I work when I want. And then hop on the call, nervous, unprepared and not make the sale and then spiral downward and start the negative self-talk. Like, oh, I, I wasn't meant to do this. I should have stayed waiting tables. Why did I do this? And so, because I, even though I have good months, I couldn't consistently perform at that because I did not truly see myself as that. And so if you're someone that has been trying to do something and you gain a little leverage, you gain some, 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 I don't even know how that phrase works, but you, you know, you're making moves. And then next thing you know, you get a setback and you're like, I knew it. Why would I try? Same thing with weight loss, same thing with entrepreneurship. Like you, you, you gain some momentum and then you fall back. There's nothing wrong with you. I, I need you to hear that. Cause that was my first instinct every time. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And then I'd melt down and then I'd start drinking and continue the self-sabotage process. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to be 
radically responsible with your actions, radically responsible with your thoughts. And my thoughts were, I don't really, like if I got real with myself, I did not believe that I would be able to make $5,000 a month. And so because of that, I did not perform as someone that can make $5,000 a month. Same thing with fitness clients. If you don't believe that you can really lose a pound a week, you won't be, you won't track your food. You won't drink your water. You won't do your steps. You won't do the shit that you need to do so you can get where you're trying to go because you don't think it's actually going to work. And so getting, I'm looking at all 30 journals. I have some, I have problems. I'm always scripting and always journaling something. But when I catch a limiting belief, I'm like, oh, hell no, this shit's got to go. So <laughs> I, I know you guys can't see me, but behind me, you see those, that writing on the mirror, those are affirmations. And this board right here, those are affirmations because I had such a negative uh, mentality of myself. I had so little faith in my ability to do anything and they don't have to be crazy affirmations. Mine are as basic as I am punctual because I was always late everywhere. <laughs> I am disciplined because I'm a wild child and that's okay. But as an entrepreneur, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get some discipline in there. I am focused. Um, I'm successful. Those are some of the simple ones. And up here, I've got some super like strong ones about business. Like I attract my ideal clients with my authentic energy. And I have to do this on a regular. It doesn't stop. I'm not going to get to a point where I just wake up and I'm like, I don't need affirmations. No, because at some point in the day, a client could cancel. Something could go wrong. And who's going to show up? The sad bitch. The sad bitch. It's like, see? She's just like, oh, you thought you, oh, you thought you was doing stuff, huh? Yeah, I guess it's not working out, huh? Like, and, and when, when she shows up, Savage Bonnie has to show up like, no, I am abundant. I am making money, changing lives. I am. And that's, that's the power of affirmations. They help you rewrite your story. So yes. your affirmations support your story and your story supports you. Yes. Yes. This story that I'm telling myself now that I am punctual. I'm not always late everywhere. I am making I'm not struggling. And some of us have to, you can rewrite your story, guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that's so important is that people think, like, our past is, we, we have a choice to, we can shift how we see our past. Our past does not change, but how we see it can change. And that is something that is so powerful because you know, when I look at my upbringing, like I've, I've experienced growing up, my parents separated and there was with my, my biological dad and my ex-stepmom, there was a lot of like narcissism, alcoholism, mental and emotional abuse. And it's like, I was talking about this with my mom today, actually we were walking and I was like, mom, like I seriously, like that life with them. And I also had a healthy relationship with my mom and my sisters, but like that life with them, like I very, very easily could have been somebody who was into drugs and just never went to university and just completely destroyed myself. Like that abuse was real. And yeah. I'm like, how did I, like, how did I not turn out that way? And the thing is, again, turning like pain into passion. I started getting into personal development like seven years ago when I was around 24. And from there it was like, oh, I understand why they were behaving this way. It actually has fuck all to do with me. I'm not a sad child who is not smart or who's not this and not that. Like, no, I get to be somebody who's going to use my story to empower people and help them shift how they experience themselves and how they see themselves. And that's something that I love doing. And I know that you're going to get this is that I was talking about this with my mom this morning. I, I really believe that 
all you need is whether it's yourself or someone else to just see so deep into you like to see your potential like just just through all the stories all the self-limiting beliefs all of the commentary if you just have that one person whether you be that person for yourself or you have somebody in your life that does that for you that mm -hmm. is literally what is going to like pull your soul forward and through that so that you can show up and shine i have on my wall you have to paint the vision for them bonnie like when i before i get on calls and for anyone that is an entrepreneur, I'm not sure like what type of people are listening to your podcast. So I always, always blanket like whoever you are, yeah. but if you are an entrepreneur and you're having a hard time on your sales calls, it's, it's something's missing that they're not convinced of. It's not usually the price because people will come up with money for whatever is important to them. But I've noticed that if someone does not want to move forward with me, it's because I haven't done a good enough job giving them the vision or yeah. painting the picture with them or they just don't want it bad enough. But vision is so key. And that's what my coach did for me. She didn't know it, but she showed me that I could be so much greater than I thought I could. I would go in there whining about things like, how come so-and-so, like you have me eating this or you have me doing this, this is dumb. How come I'm not allowed to blah, blah, blah. And she's like, we can't all be winners, Bonnie. I remember I stormed out of the gym and slammed the door that day. I was so mad at her. I was like, who the fuck does she think she is? I like, like I was, you know, arguing with her to myself. And now I look back, I'm like, thank you so much for calling me a winner. Like, thank you for seeing that I could be better than what I thought I could be. So that is so real. People yeah. need that. People need that. Oh, yeah. Yes. So good. Oh, my gosh. I would love, so I just want to share with the listeners, when I first connected with Bonnie, this was like, I don't know, in, I guess in the last month or so, she, she put a post of herself and, and her son. And I, I, I legit thought that Bonnie was younger than myself. I'm 31. I thought, oh, she's like 26, 25. Oh my God. <laughs> looking, I'm looking at this post and she's like, happy birthday, son. And she's just going off in this post. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I legitimately thought they were like the same age. And I also thought, oh, maybe this is just like an endearment post. Like, you know, she just cares for this person. Like they're a child. Like, you know what I mean? And then a couple of weeks later, she posted another post on Instagram and it was with both of her sons. And then she shared the story about, you know, being a single mom and being a teen mom. And I literally was floored because I did the math and I'm like, oh my gosh, you are like a young, fierce woman. And I, I just can't believe this. And so this was one of the things that I, I would love to chat about. And we, we talked about this before I hit record, but I think it's so powerful that you were a teen mom, a young mom, single mom, and you've like done all of this work. And I would just love if you can share a bit of that story and just obviously how you've come through, come through that in the last, you know, 20 plus years now. Well, I've already cried twice, so just bear with me. Uh, and it's not because I'm still healing from it. It's just, I can't believe, I'm, I look back and I'm like, dang, Bonnie, I'm so proud of you, girl. So when I was 14, young Bonnie uh, was like a lot of young girls that didn't have fathers or direction or any structure. I was uh, just getting into trouble, hanging out with all the wrong people, getting arrested. I was on house arrest by the time I was like 13. <laughs> And my mom made me go to church with her, which I hated. And I, I went one night and decided, hey, I don't want to be a hoodlum anymore. And I started, like, I turned my life around. Isn't that crazy? At 13, I turned my life around. So I turned my life around. I became like a, like a church kid, youth leader. And I'm a person of integrity. So, like, again, I, I, I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to quit smoking my cigarettes. Yes. 
cigarette smoker at like 12. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit dressing like a little hoochie mama. Like I changed my life and I was like, I want to be, I want to be a good example to the other girls and the other girls in the community. Well, the guys that lived in my neighborhood weren't buying it. And I still had some close friends that I had two close friends that used to walk me home every single day. And like most girls, like I liked the attention, um, wasn't expecting them to take it to the level that they did. And so long story short, I was raped by two of my close friends that lived in my neighborhood. And I remember after that happening, I, I was obviously, it's a traumatic event in itself, but I remember feeling like I did everything I could to change my image. I did everything I could to be better. And people still look at me like I'm, like I'm nothing. Cause the reputation that I had made for myself before them, I had already had the reputation for being a girl that got around that young. Cause as young as I look now, I looked older as a kid, like middle school Bonnie looked like she was 16 or 17. So I worked really hard to like clean up that image and become someone better. And when they took that from me, I was like, I guess no matter what, I'm still just a piece of meat to, to guys. And I, I remember going inside my house and just curling up in a ball and thinking like, I can't tell anybody about this because if I do, they're going to be like, that didn't happen. You probably just slept with them. Like we know your life. So I just, I kept it to myself. I'm in eighth grade. And so, um, I started, the pregnancy changes started to happen and I didn't know what was happening because, oh, also, I'm a master at protect, our brains are meant to protect us, right? That night went like this. Oh, y'all can't see my hands. That night got balled up and pushed so far to the back of my head like it didn't happen. Aside from the fact that going to school with them, they kind of tormented me and, and like bullied me and still would like touch me or just make it known that like they still had control over me and that I wasn't good saying anything because they were athletes they were the jocks at school and I was not popular I was I was the weird girl who became a Christian and like I just had a weird reputation so I I was afraid to tell anyone because these guys had the reputation and also I had a juvenile record I remember I called the police and was like I don't can I report this and the officer told me, you have a record and they don't, he didn't tell me not to report it, but he's like, I just want you to know it's going to be very hard to go in there and explain to the judge, you who's been arrested, you're a runaway, you, you've run away, like you're in the system, they're not. So just know what you're going to be up against. And I was like, so that, that also, like just all of the things that were beating me down, like it just, it, it, it just reaffirmed. I was like, I'm not, I'm not valuable. Okay. So I remember going through the changes in eighth grade, being fatigued, like so tired. I remember being in sixth period and I couldn't stay awake for anything. And I was like, what's wrong with me? And I was trying to stay awake and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then I would, you know, the pudge and the stomach was getting bigger. So then I was like, I'm getting fat. So I started starving myself and I'd only drink like a can of soda at lunch and a bag of chips and I wouldn't eat. So I just kept getting bigger. And then finally, I was sitting in youth group one night and we had, a, we have lanyards with our name badges on it. And I looked down and the lanyard was moving. And I was like, again, I blocked that night out like it didn't happen. And so I'm looking at my stomach like, what the fuck is going on? Well, I didn't cuss back then. So little Bonnie trying to be an angel Christian girl was like, what the heck is happening? What is this gas? I know I have bad gas. Like it was, it was, I was so confused. And I remember driving home and, and telling my mom, mom, I think I'm pregnant. And she goes, well, did you have sex? And I was like, no, I, 
I, I know this sounds crazy, but I started, I literally started making up stories where like maybe someone had snuck in my room and impregnated me in the night because I pushed that junk so far deep into my subconscious. And then finally she goes, did you, she's like, you can tell me, like, did you, did you have sex? And, and then I was like, like, like a movie, the images of that night came flooding back to my memory. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was the, and it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. I was like, and at that point, I was already six months pregnant. And I remember thinking, we're going to go get an abortion. They're like, no, you're not. You're six months pregnant. That is a whole child. And when I heard my kid's heartbeat, I was like, I'm not getting an abortion. Like I could have, back then you could have. Back then, I think I was like a week or two away from partial birth abortion. And I and, and it was horrible looking back. My mom is a, is a reverend and I was going to make my mom make me go get that so that I didn't have to go through that at 13. I was 13 when I got pregnant. And, but when I heard my baby's heartbeat on my 14th birthday, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like the day before my 14th birthday, I had my first sonogram and I heard his heartbeat and I was like, that's my kid. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't give up my kid. That's my baby. And so I decided to keep my kid and it was I, like, I don't even know, like an understatement of it was hard. Shamed, like in the community, I had to go stay at like an all girls, like a, a home for pregnant girls and I couldn't be with my family. I lost my church community because all of my my friends, like their parents were like, we're not, you're not hanging out with a kid that has a kid at 14. So I just, I lost everything from, the, from what happened to me. I convinced my mom to move away and we moved not far, but like moved out of that city and we kind of started over. But because I didn't have my church community anymore, I like quickly went back to the Bonnie before I decided to be a good kid and went like balls deep again into like drinking, into smoking. I went from being a very good mom to I don't like resenting my kid and leaving him with my mom all the time. And it was just, it was a very rough time for a very, it was rough. And then I ended up meeting this young kid in the neighborhood that we moved to. He was selling drugs, but he showed interest in me. And I, at that time, had decided that I was damaged goods. No one would want me. I'm like, I was like, I've heard of 15 with a kid. I've heard of 16 with a kid, but not 14 with a kid. I was like, no one's going to want me. And he was very possessive and aggressive. And because I didn't have that affection from my dad, I was like, wow, he really cares about me. And if what I had went through from the rape, if I thought that was bad, that had nothing on what I was going to go through for the next six years with him. He was possessive. He was controlling. He made me cut off whatever friends I did have. Because he sold drugs, he had the money in the relationship and he made me feel like he could take care of me and my kid that wasn't his. So there was a lot of guilt and a lot of control. I eventually ended up dropping out of high school to like live this crazy life with him, like selling drugs and being like baby mama thug life. Like it was ridiculous. He got, I never did any hardcore drugs, but because of him, I started doing ecstasy like on a regular and he would tell me things like, you know, you're, you're just going to be a, a freaking server that's strung out on X for the rest of your life. And he would speak these things over me. And that's part of why it was so hard for me to get out of serving because he told me, and that was in my head, that, that that's all I was going to be. I remember like from my sweet 16, a lot of my friends are getting cars and I got a black eye from this kid. He had, I made a post about it where he literally kidnapped me, like drug me out of my friend's house and like drove me across town like just whooping my ass in the car. Like he put me through some very traumatic things and broke my spirit. And the fact that I got out of that alive is a miracle because he, 
it was, it was, it was, it was, it was insane. It was insane how much my spirit had gotten broken down from being with that individual. But I still went to college somehow. I, I remember I dropped out of high school with him, but I immediately went and got my high school diploma at night school. I started a community college. I was like, well, if I'm going to be selling drugs, I need to at least be getting a degree. Like I wasn't, I didn't give up on myself completely. We would break up a lot over the years. It was a toxic relationship, obviously. And I finally broke up with him for good when I was 20 and I was so proud of myself and I started living my life. I had, I was getting ready to graduate with my AA and things were just really starting to look good for me. I had distanced myself from him and decided I could raise my kid on my own. I don't need this. And then I found out I was pregnant from him after we had broken up. I was like, ain't that some shit. <laughs> I'm stuck with him for the rest of my life now. And we, I, we tried to make it work again. He was still very abusive and very controlling. And what finally woke me up was he dropped me on my face on the tile floor in my own mother's house. And I remember, I don't even remember the pain so much as like being shook to like, he's going to kill you. Like you, you can't, like he could have dropped you on your temple and you'd be dead. You can't stay here. And after that, I think like I put my foot down. I was like, we're done. It's a wrap. And from there, that's when I started going back to church. And that's when I kind of changed my degree to go into ministry and decided I can do this on my own. I can, I don't need him. I may be, I may be struggling as a single mom. And I think I spoke that over my life. Now I'm hearing it. <laughs> I was like, I may be struggling, but I can do this on my own. And I spent my twenties doing it on my own. And that was the, a lot of the struggle that I talked about in the very beginning. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so i'm i'm so speechless right now like i knew that i wanted to have you come and share your story but honestly bonnie you are one of the fiercest women that i've ever connected with and i and i mean that literally from the bottom of my heart like it actually like makes me emotional like your story is so fucking powerful and i just like no matter what happens like just keep showing up like, this is literally, I've done almost 200 podcast episodes on my channel. Wow. And this is hands down, like, one of the most powerful episodes. Like, I'm, I'm so in awe of you right now. And I'm just, I'm so happy and I'm so honored that you were willing to come on here today and just share so deep and so raw, like, what your life was like. And it just, it just makes me so proud because I'm like, yes, like, more people who have gone through the trenches like this, like, you just have to show up because you're, you're literally from where you were, like your rock bottom, like the rock of the rock bottom, like you sharing your story. That means that you're literally lifting up all those people who have been at that point. Right. And that's why, like, if no one, if no one pushes themselves to just trust that they can have a better life, you stay yeah. there with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like literally rising from the ashes. Like it's just so powerful. Like your story is absolutely incredible. I'm really like, I acknowledge you from like the bottom of my heart, honestly. Thank you. I, I don't know. Like what, that's why I said when I look back at little Bonnie, I'm like, I know that she didn't know what she was going to do with her life, but I'm so thankful to her that she, that she kept fighting, that she didn't give up on herself. I did many times, but I didn't stay down. And I don't know where I got that from. I don't know like what I was thinking about, but I'm just so damn happy that I didn't be like, well, this is it. 
because with my ex, his family, that's all the women were like, and that's what he was trying to make me be a submissive, just sit here and yeah, we're abusive and yet, but we have the money and we'll take you places and buy you nice things and we'll take vacations. It'll be great. And then also trying to keep me sedated, like always keeping me high all of the time. I think one day I realized I was like, how did I stay here this long? And when I would cut back on smoking weed so much, I was like, because I'm always high and I don't have, like, I just don't care. And I'm not like coming out against weed. Like I don't have a problem with weed, but I just, I, I put two and two together. I'm like, we stay high all the time so that I don't fight. Like there's a fight in me that he's trying to silence. This can't keep happening. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I think one thing that is so important is that your journey has been a wave, right? It, it's been a roller coaster for lack yeah. of a better word. And I mean that in like the most endearing way possible, but I seriously yeah. mean that just because all you need in your life is one example of being resilient and overcoming something to be the evidence that you can overcome hard shit and that you've made it through a hundred percent of the bad days that have already happened. Yeah. And I think that just everything that you've been through, like you just did it again and again and again, you just kept overcoming and overcoming. And this is the thing with online too, is that it looks like somebody might just have one thing in their life that they've overcome and it changed their lives. And then there's people who have had 10 things, a hundred things, a thousand things that they've overcome. But it's the same, the same fucking thing. It, it could be one thing or a million. You overcame it. And that's what people need to remember is that that's all it takes. It doesn't matter if it's one time or a million. It's the overcoming and the being able to like bring a version of yourself out of you that you've never seen before to just rise from the ashes and to be resilient and to just trust your soul. Like it, and one thing that I really heard in all of your sharing was that it was like this duo experience of your spirit. You know, you talked about your spirit being broken or just knowing within you that there was more for you and that you could do more. And then there was just the external experience of your environment and the people that you're with that just kept coming up against that and pushing against you. But what never, like, here's the funny thing. All of those bad things, they never lasted. What did last was your spirit. Ooh. For, through everything. And so I think that this is why when we do the deep inner work, and we do the mindset work and we connect with ourselves that that is literally how the fuck you become unstoppable because that's what you did your entire story is your spirit like just things trying to come down trying to get you drugged up trying to get you like pregnant at a young age like working jobs you know like there's so much coming at you and you still came through and that that was literally from the soul that was so good i loved your like your perspective on it because i don't think i've ever heard it like played back to me like that that's so real yeah, I just, I, oh my gosh, I, I really loved our conversation today so much. Me, me too. It was good. It was good. I haven't had to, had a chance to speak about that in its entirety in a long time. So thank you for that opportunity. Oh my God. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. I would love, obviously, if we could do another episode together. So you're definitely invited back on the channel. Hey, yes. I love that. Yes. Hi. So is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap things up? And then of course, definitely share where people can connect with you online. And I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. So if anything that I could share with anyone listening is do the work. And I know that a lot of people will be like, what does that mean? Do the work. And I'm a big believer of you always find what you're seeking. If you want to find 
pity in yourself or a reason to feel sorry for yourself, you will. If you want to find a reason to get up and, and, and fight for yourself, you will. I wanted to find a career where I was not waiting tables anymore. And all I really did was just reposition my focus on not what was in front of me, making me miserable, but on what I did want. And from there, the pieces started to come together. I tell my clients this all the time. When you show up for yourself, when you change what you want, when you change what you're fixing your vision on, when you, when you decide it's a choice, when you decide that you want more for yourself, it's like the universe or God or whoever you believe in. I was like, hey guys, she's ready. And then things will start coming in your path that if they were there before, you wouldn't have been ready for. I wanted to be a speaker back when I was still waiting tables. And I remember thinking, why isn't anyone giving me any gigs? I wasn't ready. So what do I do now? I go to Toastmasters every week. I'm getting ready. I'm letting things line up for me. So guys, if you want it, you really just have to get up and decide that this is what I want for my life and the universe and law of attraction, everything that you believe in, like it will make a way for you. The universe is working for you. Things are not happening to you. They're happening for you. Oh my God. <laughs> I just feel like you sharing that and like watching you on the screen, like obviously the listeners can't see me. I'm like nodding my head like a crazy person, like, yes. Yes, yes. And I just, I feel so lit up listening to you. Like you definitely have this, you have so much power from just everything that you've shared and your voice and just the way that you, cap the way you've captivated me in this entire conversation. Like I've laughed, I've cried, I've had goosebumps. Like, I'm just like, whoa, honestly. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing everything that you shared today, Bonnie. Absolutely. I don't, I like to, I don't believe in holding back. If it's something that can help someone, I'll actually, I'll finish with this. <laughs> One of my first business coaches told me like, if you have a gift to share with people and you're not sharing it, you're being selfish. And so any of you entrepreneurs, any of you coaches, any of you people that are afraid to show up as your authentic self and you want to help people, you know, you do. That's why you're doing this. And the moment he told me that I was being selfish by not sharing what I had been through, I was like, well, I, I don't want to be selfish. He's like, so get the fuck out there. And I was like, okay. I'm going to do it. So guys, get the fuck out there. There's people that need you. They need to hear your story. You're here on this earth for a reason. You're not here just to exist. Where can people connect with you online and your podcast? You should share that as well. So on Instagram, I am body by bonds, exactly how it's spelled. B-O-D-Y-B-Y-B-O-N-S. On TikTok, which is where I show mostly like motivational clips and some workout stuff. It's boss bod bonds. Again, B-O-N-S, not B-O-N-Z. And the podcast sorry, is on Spotify and iTunes and most other places. And it's called the boss life with bonds. There's a lot of boss life podcasts, but this one is with bonds. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm really excited to get this out on my channel. And I think, I think people are going to love, 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 love this episode. It's been, it's been one of my favorites that I've recorded in a long time. This was awesome. This was a great experience. Thank you so much. And I really hope that it helps someone get off their ass and start making moves for themselves oh my god a hundred percent i know it will yes so i just want to thank the listeners for tuning in and obviously subscribe to living in fierce alignment and bonnie's podcast follow her on instagram if you listen to this and loved it share it on social media tag us so that we can like celebrate with you and just you know we'd love to know if this has made an impact so thank you so much for listening and we're going to chat with you in the next episode